Hey, welcome to the podcast. Uh, this topic we're going to talk about today, you know, we're all listeners and learners and we grow and we read and, but this one thing, honestly, if it gets inside of us and if it expands our mind and we really, really, really got a hold of this one concept, I think it would make the biggest, biggest difference in all of our lives. And so I really hope that you'll focus and you'll tune in and dig deep in. Not, It's not just like it's a concept you got to get. It's got to go in you. And so we're going to unpack that as we go ahead. My focus on this podcast is twofold. Number one is grounding, that we all get grounded in, in the foundation of our life. God has given us a very clear foundation for living. If we get it, we're going to be stable. And this year is going to be rocky in the years to come. I think we got a decade of digging through a very tumultuous uh, exchange between the two ages. Uh, so the world as we've always known it is sort of fading out and this new, very, very modern tech-driven world is upon us. And we're, we're, we're integrating. So uh, that's the first part. I want us all to be grounded. I want to be grounded. I do it for me as well as to share with others. Secondly, I want to do everything I can for the change maker minority in the world. Let me explain. You know, in the world, there's a lot of, there's lots of kinds of people. There's introverts, extroverts. Some people are very serious. Some are hilarious. Uh, some people are like steady workers. Other people are more like butterflies, but butterflies are colorful and it's really nice to have them around. Some are musical and they're lively, you know, and others are orderly and they keep things moving. And thank God for all the kinds of humans that there are. We need everybody. But as you sort through the everybody's, 5% of them are intentional givers. By that, I mean they they believe they have more than enough. They see needs around them and they will intentionally engage themselves, put themselves out there, and they will sacrifice for other things from other people. Uh, for example, um, the Chosen TV series. You know, I enjoy that. A lot of people enjoy that. Well, 5% of the people who watch The Chosen will donate to The Chosen. You go to a local church, 100% of the people are there, and 5% of those people are the tithers who are committed to monthly financial support for the church. It just keeps going like this. You, this 5% number, you just keep seeing it in other places too. It's a very small group, but man, what a powerful group. And what a precious group. Because, it, you know, my experience is the same person that says, yes, I'll sacrifice financially for this. They're the one that will let somebody sleep in their extra bedroom for three months. They'll loan somebody their car for two weeks. They will, you know, they sacrifice they see, they see themselves differently. They see the world. They have an inner wiring that's not like 95% of the people. And thank God they're different. And I meet these people on both sides of the planet. You know, uh, Sherry and I live in Southeast Asia, and we have for pretty much all our lives. When you add up our years, uh, two-thirds of them, that's where we've been. And, uh, you know, I can be in a, a hill tribe village in the mountains, and in that village, I'm going to find this 5%. These are sacrificial people. Everybody depends on them. They are the leaders and they make change happen. I can go down in the mega cities in Manila and Bangkok and other places. Oh, there they are. They're in those places too. Go across to America. Oh, 
the bigger they are in America too. So I want to do everything I can for this 5%. And you might, you might know yourself and say, yep, I'm one of them. But you also might feel a calling to be one of them and, and know honestly that you're not yet, but that it, it draws you, it calls to you and that, you know, it's pulling you. Like you really want to be that kind of person. Well, if that's you, I want to be here for you because I'm trying to be a five percenter. I believe I am. I want to be one. Uh, and, and Sherry is too. And so as this year goes on, as I create new content, whether it's in the podcast or online or in videos, this is the group I want to serve. You're either a five percent change maker or you you want to be. And you're trying to you're trying to lean into that and let yourself develop along those ways. Well, this podcast is for you. Think it was Julia Cameron who wrote, each of us decides how big God will be in our own lives. That's not on God. That's on us. It's our decision. So, um, you know, change makers are different from other people because of their mental wiring. There's a way they see the world. There was a, there's a, a narrative about the world. There's a belief about themselves and their abilities and there's a belief about other people and they see other people. Now, most people don't even see other people. They only see themselves. They, they live their narrative. You know, I walk down the sidewalk sometimes and I, I'm walking by all these people and I think consciously, I, I do this a lot. I think, you know, every one of them thinks this whole world story is about them. It's about their life in this world because that's what I think. And we're each living inside this story. Well, you know, I can acknowledge that everybody's like that. And yet I can see that my story could be uh, so big that I could push value into their lives. It's one of the different things about being a disciple of Jesus. And that's what, you know, me and I just think we've lost so much because we've made Jesus to become this uh it's about doctrine. It's about words. It's about thoughts. So you can argue with it and you can debate it. And it's like, no, Jesus is a person. And Jesus calls me to become his disciple. And disciple doesn't mean to be my, uh, you know, to think and agree with my doctrine. It's very, very clear. Jesus said, disciples do what I do. Number one, that's the first part is that I practice the practices of Jesus. Now, Jesus did his practices and the, the practices alone will change your life. Do what Jesus did. Obey what he said to do. You'll get your doctrine out of those practices. But these practices are only, they're fueled by a mindset. There is a narrative that Jesus had about this world. And if I'm going to be his disciple, it means I approach the world the way he approached it. I have the narrative that he believed in me, and I decide consciously I'm going to choose to believe what he believed, and I'm going to live on his belief system. And that's what, to me, that's what a disciple is. And um, one of the things that's a foundation stone in the mindset of a change maker is a concept that we'll just call abundance. And abundance is fueled with three beliefs that Jesus taught us. The first one is, I live in God's world. This world runs by his design, and it's not only a physical world. 
It's a physical world, but it's got another dimension layered on top of it. And these two interact. And so I am living in my father's world. And this world is ruled according to his heart's vision. And it begins with all my material needs are provided. He provides for every bird. He provides for all the animals, all the plants. And I am part of his creation. He loves his creation and his world is lavish and it is abundantly supplied so that all of us have our daily needs met. I can relax on this point because my father has built this world in such a way that if I will exert effort in this world, material things will come to me sufficient for me to survive. I have what I need to survive. But it goes beyond that. Number two, my developmental and visionary needs are also already budgeted and provided for in the creation. Let me explain. Um, in when, when we opened our eyes, as the original humans opened their eyes in the world, God said to them, look around. I want you to take dominion. I have already given you the plants, the animals, like all of your need. He begins to lay it out for them. All of your provision is already built in to this system. You have whatever you need, and I want you to take charge of it. I want you to have a dream of it. I want you to see it. And he built for them the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden wasn't the whole planet. It was um, sort of like a model home in a neighborhood. And it's like, okay, this is where, this is what it can become. And so God builds one of those. It's his royal garden on top of a mountain. And now you take this concept and you go spread this through the whole planet. It's already there. The seed is in the soil. The soil is ready to birth the life. This world has your visionary needs already supplied. So there's not only money for me to have food, shelter, and clothing. There's a material provision for me to become educated. There's an opportunity in the kingdom of God in this planet in the rulership of God, that I can become developed. I can develop my abilities because God's already said I can. I have abundance. Not only that, but I can get a vision of the Garden of Eden that he wants me to plant, and I can spread out this, this good earth. I can spread out this good world. Because, you know, we all get a little world. Uh, my family, my world, my house, my job, my neighborhood, my, you know, we have our zone. Take your zone. Take authority over it. There is abundance so that you can you can focus on your vision. And this is the thing about money. Money's not a thing for itself. Money's a thing for a mission. And, and people who have a lot of money, they really understand this. Money is a tool to get things done. What is it? What's your vision? What is it you want to get done? You put money behind that and you push. And it gets done, whether it's uh, building hotel buildings or whether it's drilling wells in Africa or whether it's scholarshiping kids to go to college. You know, uh, all of that is going to require budget and the budget is there in the kingdom of God. And belief number three, in addition to my personal needs and my developmental needs 
and my vision for expansion in life, all that's budgeted already and available already on a day-to-day basis. Uh, Number three, I have more than enough so that I can share with other people and that when I share with other people and I'm a, I become a part of their prosperity, it does not imperil, number one, my personal uh, daily sustenance needs, sustenance needs, or number two, my daily developmental and visionary needs. Number three allows me to give to others and become the source of blessing, you know, in their life. And it, it doesn't hurt me a bit. It doesn't take anything away from me because I'm bucketing water out of God's ocean abundance. It's a mindset. And what it means is I can live with open hands. In uh, Matthew 10 and Luke 10, we get the same story. Jesus sent his disciples out. Luke says it was 70 people. He sent them out to go to all the towns and villages where he would come later in his preaching tour. And as he sent them out, he gathers them together for, you know, a last minute talk. And so they're all standing there and they're, you know, they're ready for this months long journey. And he says, all right, you got extra money? Yes, Lord, I've got extra money. All right, give me your wallets. And they all give him the wallets. Did you take food? Yes, Lord, we got food, a lot of food, all kinds of food. Okay, bring me the food. Takes her food. Okay. Uh, Did you take an extra, extra coat, big, thick, woolly coat? Yes, Lord. Nights are going to be cold. Okay. Give me those coats. Uh, Extra pair of shoes in case these sandals break. Yes, Lord. We've got, give me your sandals. And he just strips them down until they're just like, it's just me. All right, now go walk. And as those guys went out walking, trusting him, one, they were free because they didn't have this nervous preoccupation with their personal survival needs. And he says, it's built into the system. It's like manna. It's going to drop down amazingly, miraculously in front of you day by day. When you need food, you're going to have food. You're going to have what you need. Just go do it. And when they came back in Luke chapter 22, he asked them a question also. He says, when I sent you out for months, with no money. I mean, they didn't have a cent. He took out everything they needed. Their next meal, he took it all away from them. He says, when I sent you out, totally stripped, did you lack anything? Here's 70 people going out. Imagine that, a group that large. So they're going, spraying out, you know. And he said, did you lack anything? And they said, no, Lord, we lack nothing. And that's the truth of abundance. And the whole point of abundance, see, the point of abundance is not to fuel the, the nasty, cancerous selfishness that's in the heart of a human. Uh, abundance is not here to do that. It's not here to say, oh, you can just order all you want off of Amazon so you can have me, 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 my favorite person, me, can have even more stuff, even more lavish life. Uh, abundance says, I have all that I need, and then... I have all that I need to develop myself. Where would I like to develop myself? I'm sort of bottomless. I have all this ability. I think Einstein said we only use 7% of our brain's abilities. So I've got all this capacity that I've never used. Abundance says, oh, you could use it. God has got a blank check out in front of you. And if you could see it, you can go for that. 
you know, abundance. It's it's not to fuel more selfishness. It's to fuel a bigness of life. And, you know, you can, that's why I said, I think this might be the truth that is, it needs to be the foundation truth. It doesn't seem like, you know, the, the important doctrinal truth, but everything else is limited. It's like this, this thing is a governor, this, this sense of lack, this sense of fear, because uh, I think it's Richard Foster said the demon behind money is fear. And so as you look at, and it doesn't matter if you've got a lot of it or a little bit, you know, that, that fear of losing it, fear of not having it, uh, this thing just chokes you down. It's a governor on your life. And what God wants to do with us, wherever we're at, as far as, you know, how many marbles you own uh, versus what I own, uh, he wants to take, we're still governed, you know, and he wants to take the governor off and just say, what if none of that mattered anymore? What would you do? Uh, Sherry and I are here in Portland because of a uh, a family, sort of a family emergency. We had a grandson born and his vocal cords are paralyzed which meant he had very, he still has a great difficulty in breathing. And he's got this tiny little slit that he can draw his air from because the vocal cords won't open to let him draw in the air. And I was telling, I was talking to a friend of mine about it. It was a, right when it happened. And we were talking, I was just, you know, just telling him the situation that I was in. And he said to me, I, I was shocked. He said to me, whatever he needs, my wife and I will, will pay for it. He said, anywhere, any doctor, anywhere, anything he needs, we will pay for. And I was just, I was just stunned. I mean, even to dare to put yourself out as expensive as medical bills can be, but to do that for another person, you know, not even blood kin, but just to say that I was amazed, one, that he had said it, and two, even more amazed, that he thought it. And I thought, that's abundance. Oh God, I want to be that in my mind. I want my mind to just be like, boom, free and open and not, not governed and not choked where that I ever have a limitation because these are self limiting beliefs that we put on ourselves, And we, you know, we, we choke that thing down and it, uh, it's a, it's a boundary for us. So I think it, at the beginning of our journey to say, I want to be a big person. I want to live a big life. You know, the theme of my life is build big people. You know, I want to be big myself and a big person builds big people in others. So that's, that's all I want to do with my life, honestly. And if I can do anything for you to help you on your journey, this is why I'm here. This is why I live. And it's been my joy to watch this thing play out. Uh, over 40 years in Asia, it's two out of three years I've ever lived, I've lived in Asia. And, um, but you know, I watch, you know, for example, there was a girl in our church in the Philippines. Her name was Joanne. She was a household helper and she went to Bible school. And uh, one of her Bible school jobs was to go into a children's area uh, find some kids and do a children's church, but do it as an outreach. Like, don't do it in church. You got to go find some kids. So she wandered down in a place she'd never been, which is like the deep dark barrio in our in our part of the city in Manila, 13 million people. And she goes down in there and she sees these kids and she said, um, 
Go get your friends. I'll tell you a story. So they went and got about a dozen friends and she told them a story. And then she said, um, I'll come back tomorrow. I'll tell you another story. And so this became a weekly occurrence. Well, it started this, you know, what ended up being a big ministry. But eventually she, she starts making these kids her leaders. And then these kids start making their own of these sites until today there's 10,000 of these kids. And then she says to them, this is Joanne. And then she says to them, I am going to find the money. We are going to find the money for you to have a scholarship to go to high school and to college. If you'll follow my rules and you'll be one of my leaders, I'm going to find that money for you. Whoa. I mean, this is like $35,000. It's a massive amount of money, but See, she didn't have a limit on her mind. Somehow she could see God so big that she could just say something like that and not be afraid to say it. And sure enough, you know, for 25 years now, these kids have been going to high school. No one in their family's ever been to high school and finished. And they're going through high school and then they're going through college and they're becoming engineers and pilots and they're working on ships and they're computer people, and they're it's like they're amazing. And then they become the kids who go down to lead the other kids. And it's you know there's all the pieces to it, but in the begin you know the baseline is this idea about abundance that they just don't throttle God. Don't say, oh, but you can't. You know it's that. And I've met people with eight bedrooms that you can't get them to let anybody come sleep at their house for, you know, over the weekend. It's just minds that, oh, I'd love to help, but I don't have enough. And then fill in the blank. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough bedrooms. I don't have enough food. I don't have enough parking spaces. It's like, that's a self-imposed mental limit. And as long as you're going to live that little tiny small life, You can't be what God wanted you to be. He wants you to blow those doors off and live in abundance and understand that this world is supernatural. It operates. It's not like math. You know, math is sort of zero sum. If there's one piece of cake and I give you the piece of cake, then I get zero piece of cake. So I have to lose for you to win. And so here comes Jesus and I'm his disciple. And Jesus says, oh, that's not how the world works. Oh, well, that's how math works. Said, yeah, but there's God's math, and then there's just physical world math. And God's math is different. God's math says, give, and it will be given to you. Yeah, but how? Because in math, if I go minus and I take away the one, it's just zero. He goes, yeah, but we're not in math. We're in God's universe. And in God's universe, you give away the big piece of cake. And you just started a chain reaction because you gave the world operates according to God's logic and according to God's heart. The universe is built like this. So you give away the big piece of cake and you wait and you watch and it will come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, still running over and read the rest of it. Will men pour into your lap? It's not that this falls out of the sky. This comes from the natural systems of the world. It's abundance. If you will give, 
it will return to you. If you will share your bread on the water, it will come back to you. It's like, this doesn't make any sense, but this is the mindset that can change a normal person, 95% person, you know, the, the self-concerned, I'm not even saying it's horrible, but you know, like self-concerned that I have enough fearful of not being able to do certain things. And then that you would be able to say, no, I have more than enough here. You can take my piece because you believe that there is a bigger math than your math and it's at work and it's coming back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Are the systems of this world going to put back into you abundance? Abundance is awesome concept. I want it. I'm, I kind of live in abundance. I pretty much live in abundance. Well, I'll just tell you a story of what's going on with us right now. Uh, this week, so this week, I'm in this room where I'm at because I'm in COVID lockdown. So uh, Sherry tested positive for COVID. She's laying in the bed over there. And then I'm her caretaker. So I'm also starting to feel kind of bad. So we're uh, we're getting through our COVID thing. Meanwhile, I get a message saying, uh, your, your little house uh, that's in the state, so water pipes have burst, and now the floor is flooded, and it's going to be a who knows what repair job to get all that fixed. And right away, you know, you get this mental pressure comes on you, and you're either going to live just as a normal human and go, oh my gosh, this could wreck us financially, or you're going to say, we'll be all right. I don't know how it works out, because I can't marry myself to one outcome and say, oh, I know it will be this way because it often doesn't turn out the way that you think. And sometimes you don't win the race. Sometimes you come in last uh, or from 12th. Uh, but in the end, what you can say and know you can say because of abundance is I'll be okay. I don't know how the story ends. It, it, the little story. I don't have a little story ends, but I know the big story is I'm okay because of abundance. I'm a disciple of Jesus and that means it's in my head, it's in my heart, it's how I live my life. Abundance. Let's grab hold of this concept and let's see where it takes us this year. Let's keep the discussion going in the comment section below. And I look forward to hearing from you. And I'll see you next time on the next podcast. Wait, <laughs>